Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. So lovely to be sharing this uh, moment in time with each other. Thank you very much for joining me on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I am Alicia, the host, and uh, hopefully you've been listening to lots of these podcasts. I have, I think this is my 40th podcast. I probably get some sort of award from the Queen for this. Possibly not. There's people who have done a lot more podcasts than that, but have you listened to all of them? I love hearing from you, and uh, I got a great uh, message on Twitter. I am Save the Date PC recently from a lovely lady called Laurie, and she is uh, at Happy Crafter 207. Oh, I like that. I like that name. Laurie says, love the episode where you talked about sexy spanks. I laughed out loud during the zombie talk. Now, I am a zombie fan which is a weird thing to say, but I really love the post-apocalyptic dystopian drama stuff. I like The Walking Dead. I like all those sort of those sort of uh, shows where it shows empty, empty, beautiful cities with just, you know, deer running around and there's ivy growing all over the buildings. Because to be honest, we may just disappear tomorrow. What happens? The buildings stay there and the animals rule the world. I mean, how interesting is that? So I, in a recent episode, asked Nova from New Bride, one of my lovely interviewees, if she had an apocalypse plan, because this is one of those things that Rich and I discuss regularly. And I seem to connect with people that go... Yeah, I've thought about it. I know how I'd get out of the building or I know we've got a lot of canned goods in our house. We'd survive. So I also got a message from at literate bug on the Twitter and she says, I love the podcast. My fiance at Citizen Corn and I have discussed zombie survival plans. You're not the only one. Thank you for sending me that message. You're very nice. And I will say one of my dear friends is a wonderful comedian called Claire Hooper. She's an Aussie comedian, quite well known, I will say tip of the hat to you, Claire. We connected. We were doing a a great debate. We were hired to do a, a comedy debate in Melbourne and we had to stand up and, and they gave us a topic, obviously, and we discussed it. And then it's really funny in the comedy community, especially in Australia, everyone sort of gets to know each other. You go to the clubs, you do all the gigs. And I'd never talked to Claire before. And we were doing this gig. We're on uh, opposing sides and we were down in the dungeons underneath this stage waiting to go on. And we had a chat and we connected over the zombie survival plan. I don't know how we got talking about it, but she said that her husband Wade and her both have a zombie survival plan and they know what they're going to do in the apocalypse. And instantly I went, I love you. I'll have you in my collection of wonderful friends. So we bonded over that and we always laugh that that's something that we talk about regularly and it's not unusual for us. So there you go. Maybe you've never thought about it. Maybe by thinking about it, you might find a fabulous new friend like I did. <laughs> Oh dear, it is Q&A episode uh, day. We are not talking about zombie survival plans, unfortunately, but if you do have some sort of zombie-themed wedding, I'd love to hear from you because there have been some fantastic zombie cakes and all this sort of stuff around lately. Today, as well as answering your questions that you have so graciously sent me via the Facebook, the Twitter, and email, I will also be bringing you a short interview I conducted with the wonderful Karen from a company called Rock the Frock. Now, she is in the UK, but she deals with people not deals, she happily deals, that makes it sound like it's a negative thing, with people all over the world. Her speciality is vintage 
wedding attire. Now, Karen has some of the most amazing frocks you could ever lay your eyes on, and she's a very good at the social media. She's very active on Facebook and Twitter, and rightfully so. Karen really knows her stuff when it comes to vintage attire, and vintage can mean what she's going to answer. I ask, what does vintage mean? I'll maybe leave that to the interview. Don't give away all your secrets, Alicia. All your trade secrets. But she has some really good ideas about where to find vintage products. Perhaps you uh, are looking locally, but also about the quality and about how to assess clothes, especially vintage wedding gowns, um, to make sure that they're going to stay together on the day. Often people will buy things online and they look great, but they come in the post and they're discolored or they take them to the dry cleaner or take them to a dry cleaner that isn't experienced in doing uh, vintage restorations or looking after these items and can be sorely disappointed when the clothing falls apart or turns a weird color. So it's a really cute little interview. I do so so myself and she's very knowledgeable in this area. She also deals with a couple of independent designers in the UK as well. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you as well as answering your questions. For today's show notes, discount links and more, visit savethedatepodcast.com. Yes, do pop along and visit. I welcome you to visit savethedatepodcast.com. It's a nice place to hang out. I made it. I can say that. <laughs> Sounded a little bit on myself, unintentionally. My first question comes from a listener called Ridge. She says, Hey, Alicia, I am newly engaged bride-to-be. Congratulations. Very exciting times. Well, I've been engaged for four months, but it has flown by. It really does, doesn't it? I think you go through that stage of getting engaged and you get excited and then you buy all the wedding magazines and hopefully you download this podcast and then you go, oh my gosh, the wedding's in like three days. It really does fly by. Trust me. She says, I'm getting married in one of the number one wedding destinations in the area in which I live, which is Charleston or Charleston. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I'm so sorry. Uh, Gosh, that sounds terrible. Bad accent. South Carolina, USA. You should come and visit. Oh my gosh. I would so love to. I am currently looking for a hair and makeup artist for the day of the wedding, but I can't find anyone that isn't completely ridiculous, as in at least $500 for trials and day of wedding hair and makeup. I am on a very tight budget and at my limit at the moment. I'm also terrible at doing my own hair and makeup and wouldn't dare do my own on the wedding day. Do you have any other creative ideas to find and deal with the hair and makeup? What did you do? Thanks. Ridgely. Ridge, thank you so much for writing to me. Look, hair and makeup is one of those areas that I really believe you need to get right because you want to feel and look fabulous. And as you said, if you are not into doing your own hair and makeup, you're not confident with it, don't even attempt to do it if that's something that you don't feel comfortable doing. So my first piece of advice, Ridge, is that you think outside the box a little bit with hair and makeup wedding vendors. Now, one of my suggestions to you is to contact people such as photographers, people that you're already booking, and ask for personal recommendations. Now, because you are getting married in somewhere that perhaps is a little bit more uh, popular, for example, some wedding vendors will up their prices, as you've probably already discovered. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have felt the same sort of problem when it comes to getting married somewhere that is popular in the wedding world and people take advantage of that. 
no criticisms, vendors. You've got to make money where you make money. So unfortunately for people that are on tighter budgets, it can be harder. Now, photographers are really good when it comes to recommending hair and makeup artists. And I say that because they know who they like to work with. They have seen the Bodgy Brothers. They've seen the amazing people. And often photographers, and trust me, I've had... I don't want to sound a bit wanky, but I've had my hair and makeup done a lot and talked to a lot of photographers and a lot of them are very outspoken about who isn't very good and who's really good. They also know the local industry. Now, not everyone advertises. Not everyone does their business in the same way. Some people only use social media to get the word out. Other people will register as a vendor on websites like Wedding Chicks and Style Me Pretty. Now, I think if you are choosing to advertise, it can go two ways. I think it's great to use local listings. I just said Style Me Pretty. They do local listings all over the world. That means people pay to have their ad on that resource, which is a fantastic resource. And it's a good way to hone in. But also, if you do ask a photographer or another wedding vendor that you've already selected and that you trust, they may know people that are only perhaps part-time. Maybe there's a hair and makeup artist that's returning to work after maternity leave and they're only looking to get a couple of bookings per month just to dip their toe back in the water. Also, a lot of photographers keep up to date with new people in the business. Perhaps there are uh, hair and makeup artists that are looking for portfolio items. Often if you ask them to perhaps cut their rate a little bit in exchange for professional photographs, if you're happy to share your images with them, this is something that you must be really aware of when it comes to the photographer as well. This is a negotiation. If they are wanting to use the photography that you are providing them from your wedding, it's very good manners and also legal-wise. It's great to connect to with the photographer and say, can we use these photographs? Not for commercial gain. I'm not saying you're going to be using them in advertising, but can a makeup artist then use them to say, this is my work. This is my wonderful work. So always be aware this is someone's um, artistic copyright. You need to be very open about that, but you can perhaps negotiate a bit of a deal in exchange for a portfolio image that can help them out to get future work. Now, this might be a bit of an obvious thing to say here, but if you are a local, it might be worth talking to local hairdressers who also then have an in-house makeup artist. One thing a lot of brides don't get, and it's totally cool because it's not something you do every day, is how much cheaper it is sometimes to go to a salon and have your hair and makeup done in salon rather than asking for a hair and makeup artist. And sometimes they're two individual people, not always the same person, come to a venue and have your hair and makeup done. You will pay a premium if you're asking them to leave their home base. Now, some hair and makeup artists are completely uh, out roaming the world. They're freelancers. They don't have a salon base. But often you will find having your bridal party Go to a location can save you some dollars, pounds, pence and cents. So it's good to ask local hairdressers as well for their advice on this. Also, a lot of hairdressers, if you come and have the full bridal morning at the hairdressers, they will put on a bit of a show for you. They'll put some champagne on, some lovely nipples. It's really lovely to see the extent that some vendors go to um, to make you feel comfortable and happy and have a lovely morning. And also, you know, you get a bit of pampering. 
pampering is delicious. One thing I did, you ask what I did. Now, I had a regular hair and makeup artist, my lovely friend Sally, and I would go and have my hair cut and colored with her every so whenever the greys came through. And one thing Sally sort of did to me as a favor, but also because I was a regular customer with her, she offered to do my hair trial after I had my hair colored and cut one day. And she sort of said, well, it's good for me to have a go and know what you want on the day. So we're not making decisions on the morning of the wedding, which can be pretty dicey if you change your mind. I always recommend that you get the hairdresser that you are working with to have a bit of a play. One thing Sally did say to me was, I I wasn't going anywhere the night of the trial. I didn't want to have some sort of big hullabaloo made. I just sort of said, put it up, do whatever you want to do. It's not really a proper updo because I'm, I, you know, we did it sort of casually. So if you say to the hairdresser, I don't want a full trial, unless you've got somewhere to wear the hair out or have some sort of event to go to, you might be able to do a little bit of negotiating about the trial and maybe say, hey, if I come and have a hair, a cut and color or, or, or doing all that, can you have a bit of a play afterwards. It doesn't have to be full-on primo stuff. It could just be getting an idea of how my hair sits and how it is. Because that is one thing to remember when you are having a trial. All hair is different. My hair, for example, is very fine and doesn't hold curls very much. You can curl it. It just drops really quickly. So different hair will react in different ways, especially when you're doing some updos. Perhaps you'll need to get some padding. I had padding in my hair. If uh, I've shared photos of our wedding before, and I will put it in today's blog, I had this beautiful sort of side chignon, as you would say. And to be honest, if you look at it, it looks like I've got a lot of hair. But Sally actually put quite a nice sponge under my um, the side of my hair and, and wrapped all of my hair around it. So it looked like I had this amazing big bun thing on the side of my head. Trust me, it looked better than what I'm just describing it as. But it was really a bit of a trick. She created that hair out of nothing because I didn't have as much of it as I wanted. So that is an idea as well. Be really honest and open with your local hairdresser. You haven't mentioned your hairdresser in your email, so perhaps you aren't keen to have them do your hair and makeup, but I do think that's worth a look as well. Last point to make about hair and makeup artists is like any wedding vendor, you need to like what they do. You need to trust what they do. And yes, $500 does sound expensive. I don't know if you mean $500 in total. Uh, Look, to be honest, I met a a gentleman recently who was saying in the Asian wedding market in the UK where I live to have hair and makeup done for wedding celebrations that may go for a couple of days. He found the idea of paying £2,000, which is the equivalent of about five grand US dollars quite reasonable. So it really depends on what sort of event you're having and what you are going to get for that money and how comfortable you are. Now, I understand you're on a budget and a lot of us are on strict budget. So I suppose it's a matter of coming up with what you're comfortable to pay for this service and then trying to find someone that will fulfill your needs and do it correctly for that amount of money. And to be honest, Like photography, I think hair and makeup is something, like I said at the beginning of answering this question, is that it's important that you get it done right and you don't look like Snooki on the day. If that's not how you want to look, maybe you want to look like Snooki. No pressure there, but you need to be comfortable with the person and comfortable in their skills and comfortable in their 
personality and knowing that they are experienced and you're in their hands and when you leave that makeup chair and that hair chair that you feel and look fabulous. So just do your shopping, contact some local vendors and also make sure that you hit some notice boards as well. The Vogue forums are one of these places, I don't know if many of you have visited them before, but they are the forums attached to Vogue magazines and they're some of the best places to find personal recommendations from other chicks who are planning weddings and doing lots of other things. I've spent some time on there recently and it's funny no one's mentioned them, but um, if you go on and put a note on a forum and I will bet you some serious coin that people will write back and give honest feedback and also personal recommendations about people in your local area. That is my advice to you, Ridge. Thank you very much for writing to me. I wish you so the best when it comes to your wedding day, and I I'm, I'm applaud you for sticking to your budget too. As I said in the intro, I have a short interview to bring you about buying a vintage wedding gown and also how to look after your wedding dress. Whether you're buying a vintage wedding dress or a brand new wedding dress, it's really important that it's treated properly so it looks fabulous to the max on the day and beyond. It's lovely meeting people that I know online and I'm delighted to see here Karen from Rock the Frock. She's someone I talk to all the time. I probably pester her you on your uh, Facebook page. Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Thank you. Really nice to meet you at last. So <laughs> lovely to meet you. Now, Karen, for people that don't know what you do, what do you do? So we are, I guess you would call us the sort of alternative or vintage bridal boutique. We're based in Essex, at um, one of the largest antique centres actually in, in the country. So really cool setting for us as well. And we just try and provide something a bit different in the world of long strapless dresses. Yes, not everybody wants. <laughs> I'm always banging on about saying, you know, not everyone suits a strapless white yeah. wedding dress. Yeah, exactly. And one of the biggest things we hear from our brides is, I really don't like my arms and I really want sleeves on my dress. And sleeves look great on a dress so let's try and bring those back a little bit <laughs> I'm so pro sleeve I had a sleeve and I felt so good on the day and comfortable and I'm I think you know people don't always equate comfort and wedding dress but I think it's very important it's really important that's one of the things I say to my brides so often is you've got to feel really really glamorous but you've got to feel like you and you've got to feel comfortable because if you're feeling self-conscious if you're feeling like you've got to sort of hoist that dress up the whole day through you're not going to enjoy you're having your pictures taken you're not going to enjoy the the amount of attention that you're having all eyes on you all the time you've got to feel like you're really really comfortable in that dress and that you're wearing the dress not feeling like everyone's like you're going to have something to worry about throughout the day you don't want the dress to wear you no exactly exactly you've got to own that dress the hitch up, the hitch up is, no good. <laughs> it's like you said, there's women walk along and you go, and also I don't have huge ample bosoms, but sometimes you see women with big, big boobs, breasts that uh, should not be contained in such a small space. Yeah. I mean, especially if you think about where you're getting, getting married, it might not be the most appropriate thing to have a, a big sort of bust. I mean, some people might quite want that look and that's absolutely fine. But if you are concerned about something popping out, which isn't supposed to be there, then definitely the way to go is have something with a bit more support, having a, a even if it's just a strap or a sleeve or something that's going to give you a bit more confidence about your wedding dress. Good underwear. Yes. Underwear is so, so important. Definitely. And always make sure you get your underwear before you go and have your fitting for your dress. And that's another really good thing to think about. Now, let's talk about vintage. 
where do you find vintage dresses and how should my lovely listeners find a great vintage dress? Okay, so vintage dresses are hard. They're hard work. You have to spend a lot of time looking. You have to know where to look and you have to know what you're looking for. So don't think you're going to be able to find exactly what you're looking for in a really short space of time because it is tricky. With us, because we're based at the Antique Centre, actually we're really lucky that people bring dresses into us. So quite often I have the original owner will bring in their dress still in its box with an original picture with the veil quite often and the headdress, which is really lovely. The veils don't often make it, but the dresses usually are in really lovely condition. So if someone brings a dress in, which we absolutely... I always buy dresses because I love them. That's the only way I can choose dresses for my shop. So if I love the dress and I know that brides will love the dress, then I'll generally can't say no to people who bring it in and they bring in that piece of history with them as well. It is just lovely. Um, I also work with um, a really amazing vintage specialist in America called Dear Golden. They're incredible. And um, so if a bride comes to me and says, I've got this dress in mind I really want a 60s dress that looks like this this kind of lace or or I maybe um, a 70s boho look something like that then I can get in touch with them and obviously in America you've got a much bigger scope of dresses so she'll often be able to source a dress for me and then it's just a case of Etsy looking at auctions and and looking outside where you would normally look for a wedding dress really but also go to some of the really good vintage clothing shops, particularly in London, and they'll quite often have a, a small section of uh, vintage wedding dresses. And you think also connecting with these vintage uh, retailers as well and doing exactly what you're saying, saying, hey, I'm looking for this. If, if you see something, here's my number. Yeah, definitely. So get in touch with people. There's, there's not many of us about, but, you know, we are there and there's a, quite a, a really, really good network in the vintage world. So we're quite a small industry, really. So you can always, if, if I don't have that particular dress, I'll always be able to pass you on to someone who might. So That's nice. It's a good network. Now, if you are finding, uh, looking for a vintage dress, what are some of the things you should look at about the quality of the, the garment? How should we judge if it's going to stay together on the day? Yeah. So first thing to worry about is um, discoloration. So you need to look at prime spots, which are unfortunately under the arm. So if you um, look there for any yellow staining, any brown spotting that happens, it does just happen. It depends how the dress has been stored. There are things you can do, though, so don't freak out completely because you might be able to take a piece of lace off, replace it with something else. But the key is to have a seamstress who you trust, who can advise you on the best way to do that and not try and do anything yourself because it's going to make it a lot worse. Um, So look at things like fraying, look at things at the discoloration um, and size is really really important because if you pick up a vintage dress and it says a 14 in it that's going to be equivalent to about a modern day size 10 wow they really changed didn't they a lot so our body shapes are completely different it's not just about being bigger um i quite often buy vintage dresses and the sleeves are too short for me and because we are just a completely different body shape now plus women then used to wear a lot more in terms of control wear in their underwear than we do now like to suck it in yeah exactly so we don't tend to walk around in corsets these days so some people do but not often so definitely think about sizing as well um but in terms of condition i'd say definitely it's the discoloration because you might not always spot that straight away you might look at a dress think it's great and then it's only when you get it home that you're going to notice the little bits and pieces and especially online if you're buying on ebay or anything it can be risky can't it yeah the good thing about ebay is you will always be covered by the distance um selling regulation so if a dress really isn't how it's been described if they've described it as excellent condition and in your mind it's not then you can always 
go back and you know put a claim in against that so you should always be covered on ebay etsy i would imagine is probably the same um so just bear that in mind but it's just a case of taking your time and really looking at a dress properly not just falling in love with it getting it and then finding out afterwards that actually it's completely different how you expect it it's so easy to click that buy button and then go oh what have i done we've all done it we've all done it i've done it so many times and i'm so so much better now at learning also look for fabrics that you know you like so you're not going to just go for a dress that you fall in love with and then realize when you get it home it's like a really shiny polyester or something horrible you're gonna say shiny Shiny. we're not with the shiny no shiny's not good (laughs) we're not quite back to the 80s yet I feel like that's part of the 80s that if we do get back, you go, mm, let's leave the shiny. Those on the lamb chop sleeves will leave them behind. On oh, the lamb chop sleeves. Oh. Yeah, they, they're an acquired taste. I think it will come back. It's going to come back, but not quite yet. I'm trying, I just want to bring back the 60s first, then we can work our way up. If we can all be Betty Drapers, I'm fine with that. Exactly, exactly. We'll get there. I just want to wear a hat normally all the time. I know, I know. So they look so amazing, don't they? Just dressing up that much. Now, Karen's very well dressed here. She looks gorgeous. She does look very... She's got a beautiful... Um, what was that? What's the... It's a Peter Pan collar. A Peter Pan collar. She's so lovely. Peter Pan collar with a gorgeous tartan dress. Dressed very well, as you'd expect, because you're a dress seller. Well, I do have to make more of an effort now because I feel like obviously I'm representing the shop. So I do I do spend far too much money on, on clothing. Tax deductible. <laughs> claim it. Yeah. I don't wonder if I can claim that as my uniform. You can. I, I, as, an official, as an official person has no tax or accounting knowledge, I say yes. Just go for it. Yes, yeah, we'll go for it, yes. Now, if people want... Karen is a very good social media person. Rock the Frock. You can follow Rock the Frock as a company on Facebook. And it doesn't matter if you're in England, Australia, bloody Timbuktu. It doesn't matter. You can find a lot of great blog posts. I know I share them a little bit because I read them and go, oh, so good, such good information. So if people want to get in touch, how do we do that? I, like you said, I'm a totally obsessed with social media. So um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. She's everywhere. I'll, I, I am everywhere. So literally just Google Rock the Frock Bridal and I'll pop up on various places. And if people are struggling to find that wedding dress, do get in touch. She's very helpful and very charming. Yeah, we'd love to meet you. We, we deal with all sorts of brides of all different tastes. So it's not, don't just think of us as just vintage. You know, we do a lot of alternative dresses, a lot of more modern dresses, just generally the things that you're not going to find in your day-to-day high street bridal shop rock the frock you rock thank you thank you so much oh no it's such a pleasure i was so looking forward to meeting you going she's gonna be there a little bit stalkery (laughs) there it is i probably did sound a bit stalkery but it's really nice meeting people i don't know about you but when you connect with people on social media and then actually meeting them in real life it can make me a little nervous And also, I think when people meet me, I'm just this sort of voice without a face sometimes. And, you know, it can be weird. So congratulations, Karen. I thought it was a really nice little interview. She had so many great points about finding dresses and totally information that you can use whether you're buying a vintage dress or not. It's all about comfort. It's all about not having to hitch a dress up all day because there is nothing more unattractive than seeing someone wandering around. And just picture me here. You've got your thumbs, you know, going into the top of the dress and, you know, that sort of hitch up that you see. It looks, as we say in Australia, bogan. It can look chav, a little rednecky, a little rough. You don't want to be that bride on your wedding day. So do think about good underwear how the dress is going to work on the day. 
If you are planning to do a lot of booty shaking, then maybe have a change of dress or don't wear a dress that's going to reveal your full nipples. That's just advice. Or add a strap. Keep it all tucked in. Keep it all for your gent or for your lady later on and uh, take the advice from Karen. Also, as she said, she's very open to for, for you to contact her. And if you want to also connect with the wonderful um, people in the States, if, I know I've got a lot of American listeners. She uh, mentioned a company called Dear Golden which I will, of course, link to in the blog and tweet and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. One little tip for you if you are a regular listener to the Save the Date Wedding podcast is I generally follow all of the people that I talk about um, and interview and meet on my social media accounts. So if you are looking for someone... And if, for example, if I have missed a trick and haven't linked to them, please do get in touch and let me know and I will share that with you. But generally, if you go to the Save the Date podcast Facebook page, which you will find at facebook.com slash save the date podcast and also the Twitter account, which is at Save the Date PC, I will connect and link to all of these wonderful vendors and suppliers. Hey, here's another thing. I hadn't really been into Instagram I'm like a nana and I finally succumbed to it a couple of months ago and have registered an Instagram site and it's going quite well. I'm really enjoying it. I'm probably spending too much time thinking about photographs and who to repost and reshare. Do you have that problem? Are you an Instagram person? I have always been a real Twitter person and maybe that's because I like telling jokes and I like the challenge of trying to make you smile in 140 characters or less. But there is some charm to Instagram. So again, if you need someone else to follow, Alicia underscore Save the Date Podcast is my handle. You'll find me or just go to savethedatepodcast.com and follow all the links from there. That's probably the simplest way to go. Ooh, I love getting your question. Savethedatepodcast.com. Just go to the connect connect little icon, click on it, and uh, you can send me an email direct. I really like receiving your questions and I get a kick out of helping you out. Hey, Monday's episode is the return of Josh Withers and his lovely lady wife, Britt, who own popupwed.com. They were on a recent Q&A episode and we have a really fun episode entitled Don't Plan Your Mother's Wedding. And it really... Oh, I really laughed a lot during this episode, and I hope that we haven't isolated too many people. It's three Australians all talking, but also they are—they know their stuff, and they're really sure of their opinions and beliefs when it comes to weddings, which I absolutely respect and admire. Britt may soon be the head chief commissioning officer planner of the Pinterest police. She has some very funny things and very wise things to say about Pinterest. And uh, yeah, it was just a pleasure having them on the show. And I can't wait to share that with you. So do subscribe. If you are not wanting to miss an episode, just go to iTunes, do the subscription. It's in the settings area. If you are using an iPhone or if you are a subscriber on Android, you can go to Stitcher and simply subscribe via their little portal and you will receive the show snap bang as soon as I hit send so that is the way to go if you enjoy the show thanks so much for listening until next time happy days
Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.